What's it like to be young today? What's stressful? What's empowering? This is Community in Unity, Alaska Public Media's community dialogue series. And today's focus is being young in Alaska. I'm Ann Hillman. This panel conversation was led by and featured youth from Anchorage and Wasilla. It was recorded in collaboration with Out North Radio and the Anchorage Downtown Partnership in front of a live audience on December 6th, 2017. Hello everyone, my name is Rainier Herxik and I'm going to be the facilitator for this evening's discussion. A little bit about myself, I am a junior at the University of Alaska Anchorage. I'm studying languages, Spanish and German with a minor in mathematics. I currently sit as the chair of the Youth Advisory Commission for the municipality and I'm also the case coordinator for Anchorage Youth Court. So moving on, we are going to have all of our lovely panelists give an introduction. I'd like to know your name and then just tell us what you'd like everyone to know what you're doing in your life right now. What do you think is the most important thing that you're doing? And if we could start at the end with Dash, that would be great. Right. Hey, um, everyone. My name is Dash. And again, I am with the Youth Task Force. And we are basically uh, doing a project uh, with it's the YHDP project, the Youth Homelessness Demonstration Project. And I I myself have been through Covenant House and the Transitional Living Program, so I'm very aware of like how, like how the system in a way works. Um, but as well as I want to be in this youth task force because we have a voice and we can actually help um, the other individuals and the other homeless youth that are going through a lot as well. So, really excited about that. Great. My name is Michael Stallworth. I am a filmmaker and a student media producer working out of Alaska Teen Media Institute, where I've worked on films working for uh, wildlife and safety from AK Forum and even UA to Alaska Geographic. Uh, I make films that uh, question concepts. I really like right, right now, I'm working on a film that's called Diversification, which will follow two minorities that go to like an Ivy League school on a scholarship and how their journey um, in a school where they're actually like, seen as not wanted. So that's what I'm currently working on. My name is Michael Martinez. I've been doing cancer research since I was 16. I'm also a martial arts champion. Um, I'm at the Biomedical Career Academy at Service High School and also with their peer mentorship program. So I have a group of mentees that I um, help mentor. Um, they are freshmen. And currently I'm working on um, a project to um, help spread like nutritional education through a smoothie club at Service High School and also bringing um, different um, uh, educational topics to programs at UAA that relate nutrition and cancer together. Hi, um, my name is Jasmine Carter. I'm a student at UAA, um, and I'm part uh, part of Youth Vote and Anchorage, and as well as Spirit of Youth. Um, Youth Vote. We're currently working on um, a grant, or we worked on a grant application to. Um, have student uh, groups around the community um, apply to um, put forth a um, anti-bullying project um, within the community. So that's what we're currently working on right now. Um, okay. Uh, go with this one. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Janae. Um, I'm not really into a lot of things right now, but um, my main, the main things in my life that I dedicate a lot of time to are youth court and journalism at my high school. I've been in journalism for three years, and we used to have our own school newspaper, but now we write for the Matsu Gazette, and some of our pieces also get into the Frontiersmen. 
and um, that's pretty much it. Good evening. My name is Sonia Ngongo, and I actually enrolled in through the program of Shiloh Life Community um, Housing Program. I'm also sitting at the board of the um, Youth Task Force as the communication board member with uh, together with Ms. Dash. I'm actually enrolling through UAA as a nurse, um, trying to get degrees in nurse for bachelor degrees. And that's pretty much it. Great. So as you can see, we have a very diverse group of people and we're super excited to hear their opinions about the issues that youth face in Anchorage and also in the Matsu. And the first question that I'd like to invite people to think about is what are some misconceptions that you've heard about youth or what are some opinions that you'd like to know? How do our youth feel about those particular opinions? I know there's definitely a lot of things revolving around social media, around whether or not all millennials are lazy, whether or not you know, is school or are the pressures for school and work and having a future more intense now than, than they were in the past? Thank you. Hi. Um, I'm involved in a project on Arctic youth, looking, uh, talking with youth across the Circumpolar North. And one thing that we're hearing very loud and clear from all of the youth is a prevalence of issues around mental health, depression, stress, and of course, the thing we know well, all too well in this state, um, suicide. I'm wondering if you all, yourself or you're seeing amongst your peers, um, a huge amount of stress, a huge amount of depression, and if you have a sense of where this is coming from. That is an amazing question. Do we have anyone that would like to take that question first? Right at the end. Hey, thank you for the question. Um, so yes, there is from where I was at Covenant House, uh, we all know like those um, youth members that are there, they've been through a lot, either family or even with just their life in general. Sometimes they don't, like it wasn't an option of, for them to be homeless. Sometimes they're like straight out from like the systems, like the foster system and they don't know where to go or they don't have like a home to stay, uh, to like wherever they can go. So um, I have like, like my years, I mean my year at Covenant House, I was kind of like a Dr. Phil in a way over there because um, like during my days there, I've had like some some youth that came to me like telling me their stories. Like to me, to you know, for my part to help them is just to listen and like give them a shoulder to lean on because sometimes I know nowadays for youth, they can't really relate to grown folks or like them talking to like a, uh, like they're like an older adult or whatsoever, it's like you don't know what I went through or you don't know what's going on in my life. Like how am I, like how are you gonna tell me I know, like you know, I know how you feel and things like that. So um, like me talking to like these, um, uh, these youths, they were like really vulnerable, like just telling me all their stories and me as a, per like, as a person like and a resident over there, I just, needed to let them know that if you like you need to feel comfortable talking to the staff because me being a resident and in the same level as you are I can't do much but listen to what you're saying so I've had some youth that were in the verge of um, like being very suicidal and I had to tell a staff like at that point I was like okay I need to tell a staff and so um, we like how we fix that I just had this person like we go play in the gym or we would do something other than 
like to, just to distract them from what they're thinking of doing. So like reading or even watching a movie or just talking about like random stuff and color, art, like all these different activities that we could do just to get their minds off of what they were thinking of. So it's a really big problem that is true. So, but that's my like perspective of how I see it. So. I believe it depends on the environments where the kid is raised from. Um, between the relationship of kids and parents and between the relationship of of this kids and brothers and sisters or just like the environments just like I mentioned before uh, and also depends on the situation that are actually the, the, the children has to go through. Um, most of the time um, I believe most of the time people don't pay attention on what um, the children are asking for and they never, um, they turn them down when they say something. And that's where it starts. Um, that's where all the stress and all everything else, the depression, you name it, it starts from there. Um, youth, it's hard for us to communicate with adults. Um, I just want to say that out as my own experience. Um, it's very easy for us to communicate with any other people within our own level. But once we communicate with adults, adults have that strong parent's voice and, and you know, sometimes you got to pay really attention on what exactly the problem is that your child trying to bring to you. And, and you know what, I really appreciate your question because definitely that's exactly something going around right now. And, youth right now, you know, we have that high level of, you know, depressions, um, stress, and all that. And, and all because um, the youth trying to, you know, th th we just want you to hear our voice and our perspective of where we're coming from and the story that we're trying to share with you so you guys can understand what's going on. Thank you. Great. Does anybody have Anything else to add? I think it's a really unique perspective to hear from people who have faced homelessness and deal with situations that are um, in the extreme, in extreme stressfully and extreme in the way that not a lot of people realize that they occur. But we also have other panelists who are involved in, I would say people would consider it a more classic or more traditional route, but I know that that doesn't mean that there aren't stresses that affect them. So do any of our other panelists have something to say? Um, from my perspective as a high school senior, I think that a lot of it is that not just high schoolers, but people aren't taught how to cope, how to deal with obstacles that get in your way in life. And I feel like as a student, you're taught how to learn. You're going to have to figure out how you learn and how information is presented to you and how you can absorb it. So you're taught all these other life skills, but you aren't taught what do you do when you've studied so hard and you failed that test and you're absolutely broken and you don't know who to go to. And so what are you supposed to do with that stress and that hurt from one simple event that can be so heartbreaking at the same time? And if you think that a test can throw you off, life will definitely hit you so hard. Yes. And I feel like we just don't know how to talk to people and we don't know how to cope and there's a lot of things on social media about you need to learn how to love yourself and you need but 
who's going to teach you how to do that? Because some people, it takes years to understand that I need to do these things to keep my mental health in order. It's all about how, where am I at physically? And is my body okay? But we don't really worry about mentally where am I, where am I at? Am I okay? Am I kind of in a passive state? Am I just kind of going through life right now? Am I happy? Am I angry about something? And I feel like people don't truly sit down and think about where am I at right now? And that isolation of, I don't know how to deal with my feelings, so I'm just gonna keep it inside and let it sit and fester. It, it eventually presents itself in self-harm and suicide. And as a person who has been affected from suicides at my school and from friends of friends, it, it's devastating. But I feel like if we focus more attention on, in school, teaching kids how to cope and giving them, for instance, Burchell High School has a haven. And a majority of Burchell High School's um, student body is below the poverty line. And they have a bunch of other huge obstacles in their way. And they have this place called the Haven where if they're stressed out or they've dealt with domestic issues at home the night before and they can't seem to get their mind right, they can take a break and go to the Haven and just kind of sit and meet with the lady who works there named Susan Steele and she'll kind of give them a little evaluation and let them have a break. And then when they're finally ready to go back to class and pay attention, they've had that break and they've had that time to kind of recenter themselves and then they can go back to class. And I feel like in bigger high schools, especially out here in Anchorage, I feel like that would be beneficial, as deeply beneficial. Because when you have like seven classes and you a five minute passing time and bunches of assignments and your parents get onto you about stuff or you have other things in your life going on, it's hard to find that break in that period where nobody's bothering you and you can just be at peace with yourself for a minute. And so I feel like preventative measures like a haven or having an adult who specializes in mental health kind of check with students and teenagers would be a way to kind of fight against depression and suicide rates and things of that nature. Does anybody have anything else to add to that idea of having resources available or the idea that um, school and the other obligations that you have to face now have a toll that not everybody in the adult community could necessarily see because we're kind of uh, in a way told that we are, we are young. So what is there to make us stressed in a way? Well, for the past uh, two years before the program was canceled, I was part of a Change of Heart program where I mentored uh, kids traveling from eighth grade to for high school and them learning how to cope. And also, right now, I'm in the Yana program, which is the You Are Not Alone program. And a lot of things I see is that communication is like really weak with teens unless they're talking to somebody that's either in their brother's same age group. Because when they see adult, they either see like almost a lot of them see like an enemy because a lot of kids are don't have strong like home life and they see adults as someone who is going to potentially hurt them where they see a friend where they instantly see someone they can talk to and then another thing i see a lot is on social media people a lot of teenagers have to have like a face even in public where like you have to be seen as this person i have to be seen as hard if i show like my emotions i'm instantly weak 
and I'll get, you know, I'll get called out on it or, you know, I'll get just cut off from all my friends. No one will talk to me anymore. So I have to act a certain way at this time. I have to dress a certain way. You know, my clothes will look a certain way. I have to look a certain way. And that right there is like one of the big stress issues that I've noticed with even my friends. And I see others, like if you're not, if you're not playing a sport and you don't want to do a sport, they're like, what's wrong with you? Like, why don't you want to do a sport? Why aren't you athletic? You know, saying you're a little bit overweight and you get blamed, you kill the group because you can't run with us, you know. I feel like that's very powerful and it's very wrong, but that's just how it is right now. And teenagers really need strong mentorship or at least like a very strong friendship. Friendship is very important. Like the idea of someone you can instantly talk to whenever I can call you, you know, what's up, hey. So I noticed that uh, I believe a couple of you mentioned social media and the effects of social media and I think that is something that definitely affects youth that is unique to this particular generation and I was wondering if we have any audience questions about whether and how youth will use social media or even opinions maybe that people would be able to speak to whether or not they agree with that or not. Yeah, would you guys say that uh, social media is causing a breakdown in the fundamentals of how people were raised previously, meaning thing, everything's in the light? The, the youth feels more exposed than they would have beforehand, causing essentially a fundamental breakdown in the structure of how people have been previously raised, and so they become more isolated naturally rather than perhaps growing up in a small town where everybody knew everybody and they, you know, there tends to be less confident. All right, yeah. Um, so to kind of go with that, um, like social media, like even from my, like my perspective, it can either make you or break you. So it depends really like on how you, like you, um, the person uses it as well. And especially for teens, there's a lot of um, not good role models out there too that are live on social media. Social media, there's a lot of uncensored stuff that goes onto there as well. And also it, um, it's like a platform that um, kind of um, puts people like on a platform or like a stage where um, different things are able to happen, like cyberbullying, um, being accused of, of different things, judgments too, being put on a person. And um, I guess in the past, without social media, people usually talk to each other, are able to communicate with each other too, and be able to talk things out. But here, it's everything just coming at you. It's kind of like a fast-paced kind of um, 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 scene going on on the social media, internet world too. So like there's no um, rule book of how to use it too. Parents um, are not always watching what their kids are putting on there. And um, it really takes um, some guidance and also discipline of how to use it for a, a, like a good way instead of just putting yourself out there. Because um, of course, sometimes there's other kids too, peers that are gonna make fun of some kids too. So that's also <laughs> a possibility. But also there's um, uh, good things that can come of it too. So being able to put your achievements, putting your, um, what you're doing too, what, what you're being, um, like what you're doing in your life, like also making other connections too. But a majority, there's no rule book to what's going on there. And I think that's confusing a lot of teens too. And their emotions of what's going on at home or with their friends or other problems like going in their life that may be an out, like a, um, a resource for them to go to. But essentially, there's no actual help there. So that causes more of a problem that I see. Definitely, I feel like a lot of youth use social media as an outlet. and. Um, I think that could be both 
bad and good, um, bad in a way that young people usually um, tend to feel things a lot stronger than adults, and that's just how, you know, our uh, system works. And so when, if somebody's angry, they'll go on Twitter and rant, and that's their own little, you know, rant session or, or whatever. But then also you, I see youth that are photographers and that are, are making films and, and um, putting their artwork out there. And so it's, there's both, I think, pros and cons, like Michael said. And I guess we just need to, more youth need to think about what they post on social media before um, they post it. Um, I'm just going to add on to what everyone has uh, just said. Uh, so yes, it is good and bad. Uh, me personally, I am an artist, so I do post like my canvases and as well as like my tribal stuff on there. So like it's it's for a good cause. And then there are some other um, like youth as well that are like up on there for like really like bad just like bad influence or post like really um, mean things that um, that they can't really tell like tell this one person like sometimes people will go on there just to like rant and not even specifically mention this one person that they hate or this one person they're doing their rant about but this person is going to read it or whatsoever and you're like oh I know they're talking about me and it just starts all this whole drama and I think with the new generation I think our world revolves around the internet and all this social media, all this te new technology. It's like me, like personally, um, I'm like always on my phone, like just to let you all know, I'm always on my phone, but like sometimes it's like for emails, like, like for our youth task force, it's just like a mixture of both or just to find something on YouTube that's very interesting to watch or something funny, like for the time being. But it, it is like a really big change from before. Does anybody have anything else to add about the things that we've already spoken about? Because if not, I'd like to move the conversation in a direction that I think everybody will be familiar with. So education is a huge part about being a young person. It's basically your job when you go to school. And I know that there are a lot of opinions about quality of education, what you should be trying to get out of your education, and whether or not it's, it's true that it's not just enough to go to school now. Any comments from the audience? I like to say something like, uh, that is, nowadays, since robotics is getting so advanced, a lot of jobs are getting replaced. So it was almost like as if you have to go to college now, which goes right into social media. You can now connect with people in issues that you want to be in that you couldn't do before. Like, you might be able to, like, email a director that you want to meet, you know? Like, college has become not, like, a choice but a necessity in a world where jobs are, like, being replaced. Yeah, definitely. And so I noticed that when you introduced yourself, Janae, that you said, oh, I'm not involved in very much. But it sounds like you're involved in quite a few things. And I think that just goes to show that youth are doing so much now that you can feel the pressure to do more and more and more. And when we were speaking before the panel on the phone, I thought you had some really good things to talk about, the pressures that you feel that what you're doing is not enough. You won't succeed if you don't do more or if you, you know, don't get perfect grades, but you also have an internship and you also do a sport and you also play an instrument. But I don't know, it seems like, do you think that's actually necessary or? Um, 
I'm gonna try and make a point and then bring it all back around. I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna try it out real quick. Okay, <clears throat> let's see. Um, as a high schooler, I feel like it's as a senior. I feel like it's the first time where a monumental transition is taking place. I'm about to go to college, or I don't have a job yet, but if I had a job, then I'd have responsibilities at work, and then responsibilities at school, and responsibilities at home. And it's this huge blend of environments in which the way you communicate with your parents is not the way you communicate with your coworkers, and it's not the way you communicate with your peers. And the art of balancing all of those levels of communication is a huge thing to develop in high school and when you're going into college. And I feel like it's a hard time to figure that out because you've got seven classes and internships or figuring out what college you have to go to or want to go to or what you want to do in general because I know that as an indecisive person, I have no clue what I'm gonna do once high school's over and that scares me a lot, actually, more than I present to people. And so, yes, I don't feel like I'm doing enough because I know juniors who, whose days are completely packed with events from JROTC to just other type of events, volunteering at the library, their job, and I feel like, I don't have a job yet, I don't volunteer, I don't do anything. But it's because I don't stretch myself thin like that because one thing that I also see is that I'm tired all the time, I'm stressed out, my planner's filled, and I'm like, I feel that already. I feel that already, don't need to put anything else on my plate. And so I do feel like it is this need to do everything because if I'm not prepared for college then, in high school, then what am I gonna do? But you have that time in college to figure things out and prepare yourself. And I feel like it's all, a lot of teenagers think, I need to get this experience now, because if I don't have it now, then it's too late. But it's never too late to gain any type of experience for anything, and that's what senior year of high school and college is. It's gaining experience, learning how to talk to people, networking, all of those adult skills that you need to learn, because I believe that being a teenager is a really weird state of being, because you're not a kid anymore, but you're not an adult yet adults don't understand how to communicate with you sometimes because like you're not a kid so I can't baby talk you but you're not an adult so I don't want to give you a hundred percent the harsh truth of everything true but true <laughs> and so I feel like you're confused about how to talk to adults adults are confused about how to talk to you and so there's no okay here's what you could do your adults don't usually say here's what you could do here's some activities to prepare yourself it's more of do everything. But I feel like, and we do feel like we can do everything because we're teenagers and we're young and we live in the age of technology and we're young. But um, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to please other people. You don't have to gain every type of experience in the world right now. And I feel like if teenagers learned how to savor time and learned how to balance their life, it would make everything more worthwhile because you're not trying to suck every ounce of experience out of something. You're trying to gain some type of fulfillment or enlightenment or some type of deeper thinking or have a personal epiphany, I don't know, but it's not about I know how to do this and 
I'm prepared for the future. It's about what did I take away from it after the process was done. You're listening to Community in Unity, Being Young in Alaska. The event was part of Alaska Public Media's Community Dialogue series. That was with Scylla High School senior Janae Wilson talking about trying to meet the expectations of adults. We rejoin the conversation with a question from the audience. Hello and good evening. My name is Katura and I did have a question. Do you feel as though the youth are doing things that they think that they are supposed to do or that people... My, I'm 35 and a half, like that people my age feel like you should be doing or to get ahead in life. And is that sort of why people you are taking on so much at so young of an age? I'd love to hear from Michael on this one because you are, mm-hmm. I mean, you introduced yourself as starting cancer research at the age of 16. Yeah. Um, so, so along with um, like um, Janae, right? Like, like, like Janae said too, is that um, there's so much out there opportunity-wise and also there's also that um, kind of thought that, oh, you can do this, you can do that. There's other opportunities, people um, pulling you different ways, your teachers, your parents, um, if, if you have a mentor, your mentors too, some of the people that you might meet and explain like what's going on right now and then they kind of help decide what's going on. But also, I think the main thing is opportunity. Like um, I think my junior year, I was doing uh, quite a bit, training for tournaments uh, on the wrestling team, president of, of the Biomedical Career Academy, and I'm um, doing community service too with other, um, the Bees of Courage Foundation, and uh, like doing, and also things at home too, and helping with, like with my siblings. But a lot of the thing is, is um, being able to find what you want to do, especially in this time, and find your, um, find like your goals. Um, for myself, I kind of line up, um, like I also teach like my mentees this too, um, the five keys to success. Um, find your purpose, find your purpose. And that comes along um, a, a long way from, uh, especially like, like from different experiences, it, it helps a lot to kind of gain that. And some people don't have that yet too. Uh, the next one is uh, major goals. Find out your major goals that help fulfill your purpose. Third are your short-term goals that help fulfill your major goals. And then the last two are finding your strengths and then your weaknesses as well. So that's what I kind of use like, for myself to help uh, kind of guide me now, especially in the senior year and also becoming an adult too, and to decide whether to take on different opportunities or to none. Um, some people can advise you to take different opportunities or to go on this route or to join this or that, you, oh look, you might be very well um, suited to do, do this uh, position or help out with these people. but. Um, at the same time, you have to take into perspective what you can handle and try, to, try and find a balance. A balance is key and not spread yourself out too thin, just like Janae said too. I think um, for teens nowadays, it's kind of hard to do because this, this world is so fast-paced. Social media, work, jobs, parents going here, um, losing out on opportunities, different time schedules, work. So definitely be, like being able to discuss and find those five keys is what's been able to help me and what I've been trying to teach my mentees. So, yeah. Great, thank you. Thank you for that. I think we have an audience question. Yeah, so first of all, you guys sound like you're very concerned about being able to have adult skills, and I just want to say you are already far ahead of most of us adults, (laughs) so you're going to be okay. Uh, But kind of piggybacking off what you were saying, and about setting goals and about finding your purpose. Do you guys feel like 
society has imposed on you what your goals are supposed to be and what your purpose is supposed to be? And if so, what is it? And how, what can we do as adults to help you to break through that and to find your own uh, purpose and goals? I'd love to direct this, this question at Jasmine, which is how hard to you. Um, definitely, yeah, I, I um, grew up with the notion of you're going to school and you need to get a good job and you need to make money to support yourself, which I still do believe that, but I also just realized um, within a class discussion a couple months ago that um, it's, it's also important that you know, us as young people or people just in general to find something that they love to do, that they're passionate about, that, you know, they they are excited to go to work or to go do whatever it is that they do for a living. So, um, but definitely, yes, I do feel that um, society has kind of put the notion of, um, you know, go to school, get a good job, get a job that pays well, um, which is important, but I feel like I've realized it now that it's, it's not everything. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah. I'd, um, we have an audience question over in the... Oh, okay. We, ex we accept both. Oh, <laughs> Sorry for being late, but um, what I'm hearing from the panel, and I that you're stressed out a lot, what you're going on is a journey. You know, and, and imagine yourself if you were going to Disneyland and close your eyes and you just went through Disneyland and you didn't get to enjoy anything. This life that you have is a journey. It should not be something that's so stressed out. You gotta be this, you gotta be that. And learn to enjoy the journey and get the lessons from the journey. And the other thing I would say too is making sure you have an adult that you can talk to and go to and you know, put your confidence in that particular person and um, and understand this, I'm 55 years old, I got a 37 year old son and two granddaughters and I still haven't grown up yet, I'm still working on it. Um, but it's like, I'm just taking life, you know, enjoy the journey, because you only get one chance at it. Thank you, so life is a journey and I think that it is important to consider people that have other ways that they want to go go through their lives. And I know that we have two artists at the end of our table down here. I know that Dash wants to become an entrepreneur and sell her artwork. And um, Mike is a, I've heard, a very talented filmmaker. And I just think that it would be interesting for you to talk about the challenges or if you've faced any challenges, <laughs> having uh, goals for the future that may not necessarily align with the typical view of, of what you should be doing. Well, not to be candid, but I'm obviously an African-American, you know, it's not cheap to do film, you know, to go to the right school, you know, to get the education. And I want to, sometimes when I tell people that, they're like, are, are you sure you actually want to actually want to do that? You sure you don't want to do news or something like that? And I'm like, no, you know, I know exactly what I want to do. And a lot of people will knock you down just off the first look. They might instantly judge you and say, you know, you can't do that. I mean, look at you, you can't. You can't do that. You can't make a film that's going to change people's lives. But the fact of the matter is, you know, one film, one frame, one shot, one idea can influence one person to change the world. You know what I'm saying? So, definitely. Um, yes, just to add on to what he said, yes, I am Polynesian. I am someone um, to be specific. And being uh, basically the stereotypes of we don't know how to speak English was one of like the major, um, like the major. Um, um, I would say barriers that I faced within 
just not only um, trying to connect with other people, but as well as like my journey of trying to, you know, my art skills and making sure I have the right connections. Like they just look at me like, uh, like when I was in high school, I um, I was, uh, they thought I was Indian. And because I knew how to like, I my English was fluent and somebody said, oh, you know how to speak English. And I just looked at them, I was like, was that supposed to be a compliment? I don't know how I feel of what you just said. Like, and they're like, well, I mean, I know a lot of like Samoans that just got like straight out, like straight off the boat, straight off the plane, um, that they have like a really thick accent or they don't know how to like speak English. So I was very offended, being that I just I was just straight off like off the plane, and I'm like talking to them fluently in English, and I was just I just felt very like isolated from just how even like how the school was diverse but like being that they were telling me I didn't know how to speak English it just like made me like what the crap like that's how I felt like what is going on but like throughout that like that high school stage I was like okay I don't like me personally I was like um that's your opinion I'm not gonna like put myself down because you just told me you didn't like I didn't know how to speak English or you didn't even know that I was someone because I knew how to speak English which was really hard to take but I learned how to do like a self-care that's like one of the most important things I think as not only a young adult or a youth but as well as like like an adult like you know some adults like work in like social work like the social work fields um, in like really traumatizing places and things like that like I feel like self-care is very important for everyone like for everyone and like you said the journey it it's quite a journey <laughs> it's it's very interesting but uh, we'll all get through it some some way somehow and for me like with what I went through and this is uh, what I oh, excuse me this is what I stated when I spoke for Covenant House's um, candlelight vigil I said um, you got to make sure you're you're um, not only going through the challenges but you're growing through your challenges like don't just go through it grow through it so that's 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 like my model for my life um, 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 what you call it but yeah that's that's my that's just how I feel about it Thank you. I, so I think there's um, it's, I've been hearing some really good discussion about opportunities and learning about yourself discovering yourself um, going through high school uh, and what I would like to ask your opinions are um, on those who feel like they have no opportunity they feel like they have no talent I'm talking more of youth who go through high school just making, uh, just passing by for, with the minimum, and then um, eventually feeling like they don't have any opportunity at all to go to college. Uh, I roomed with three friends for a year who were all students who, um, for the most part, uh, said they felt like they coasted through high school. They didn't seem to really understand what they were going through or could appreciate what they were going through, and told me that they probably would never consider college in their entire life, either financially or because of some other reason, how do you elevate those students or those youth to feel like they do have a path in life that's open to them, that's not closed out from them because they, didn't, they felt like they didn't do enough or achieve enough in high school? Thank you so much for that question. And I think that Gogo would like to speak to that. He has a very unique, a very unique story. 
I think your question actually based on my life, <laughs> and I'll share a story about it. <laughs> and thank you for asking that question. <clears throat> Things happen through your life. It will stop you from getting in through these open opportunities of going through college. When I started high school, I got into um, I'm adopted child, and I just find out my biological parents. So, in the middle of junior year. I did not finish high school, so I speed up on internet. I'm um, just like we we talk about internet and technologies, and speed it up and look up a high school diploma that is not accredited. It stopped me from going to college. Um, when I fight through, I fight through other opportunities as well. I, you know, when I give out this high school diploma, it's not accredited. Like right now, I'm in the age of 24. Um, Recently, I just graduated and I just received my GED. Where you know, it's based on you. It's based on you. How do you feel? What you want to do and what you want to do for life. And we're talking about a long-term run. We're not talking about something short-term. So it depends on how you feel. And I'll be honest with you. When I was a young kid, I always dreamed to be a nurse. And if you had a dream, just like me, you can make it happen. And you can make it happen and pursue different ways of how to do it. I was graduated with not accredited high school diploma. It's not acceptable from college. Hey, sometimes you gotta put down those negativity, but move forward for life. And I I went through GED. I got my GED recently. Now I'm enrolling through UAA. Look, I, you know I'm leading my life through the right path, even though um, I have some stuff going on in life. But I don't want that to you know to bury me down. I just want to keep on moving, no matter what. So, thank you for that question again. <laughs> wow, thank you. Um, so, I know that a lot of uh, a lot of you all work with resources in the community. We have uh, both people that work with with the Covenant House as well as United Way. You're with the Shiloh, sorry, Life Program for Life Skills. We have. Anchorage Youth Court is a resource for the community. Uh, I know that Jasmine worked with the Welcoming Anchorage, which is also a resource. And then Michael is very interested in health and having people be healthy in his community. And I was just wondering if you all would sort of take turns and speak to the resources that you, you work with in the community that help not only youth, but, but uh, other members. Uh, good start. Yeah, I know for me, uh, I've worked for Last Community Institute for about four years now, and I've got to meet people and go places where I never thought I would be able to go to. Like last year in November, I got to go to Chicago for the audio festival. I got to network and meet people that work for NPR. And after that, I got invited to go to the National Student Leadership Conference in DC for film. Film program where I was the sometimes the only black person in the room, you know? Like opportunities like that are just so like so powerful to have, you know, and places like Atme in Alaska, that's why they're so important because anybody can just walk in the door and say, yeah, I want to do news or I want to learn to edit or I want to learn how to work a camera and they will sit down with you and show you how to work and they'll give you projects and get you paid. And that is a resource that is a very like strong fixture in our community. All right, um, yes, so again, I'm with the Youth Task Force and we are currently 
on, on that YHDP project. And so the services, it's basically a community effort is what this project and this plan that we're um, doing is. Like we have all like United Way Volunteers of America, we have different, like all these different agencies. We have a Beacon, there's so many to like, there's like a huge list. And it's a community effort to come together to end homelessness, uh, which is really a, like a very um, a broad, general um, subject I would say for especially for for Anchorage itself like we like the community is so great that everybody always wants to pitch in everybody wants to help some way somehow and sometimes other people don't know how to help or don't know what to do uh, but the, it just starts by calling like these certain like these different um, agencies and letting them know or asking how can we help or donations are always appreciated as well um, but yeah so with the project it's a big project that we're trying to make sure that everybody or every youth that's on the on the street is at least in a safe place or at least has a roof over their head or um, they they won't be out there for more than two or three days. That's that's the goal that we're going for. So it's very exciting. Yeah. Um, being a part of journalism and I'll focus on journalism. I feel like journalism has definitely given me a chance to really step back and kind of connect with some of the people in my community because I feel like as a journalist, I'm kind of this ubiquitous kind of shadow. I feel like I can be in multiple places at different times and understand a person's life. And I take this bird's eye view of somebody's life and I turn it into an article, a thousand word article that goes in the Frontiersman or the high school newspaper that goes on the internet. And interviews are probably my favorite part because people tell you things that you wouldn't expect them to tell you. And as a teenager <laughs> talking to an adult, it's surprising how open people are with you when you're an interviewer. And this kind of common ground discourse that you have with people kind of opens my eyes. And from interviewing teachers, it definitely helps me establish common ground. It's like they're not just somebody who hates their second period class and is really mean. It's like they've lost a father. I had a math teacher who fell off a cliff and broke her back and is now finally able to put pressure on like her right or left calf now and she's a much more interesting person to me not that she wasn't when she was a math teacher but <laughs> I mean I hate math come on <laughs> I feel you <laughs> she's got this now that I know that about her, she's got not only her math background, but she's got this beautiful story of travels and healing and everything else that's attached to her being a math teacher. She's not just a math teacher in my book anymore. And so it helps me not to just classify somebody as a peer or a teacher or some stranger. It lets me know that this is a person who lives just like I do. They have people in their lives who are just as important to them as the people in my life were important to me. And they've seen life through so many different lenses and I feel grateful that people open up to me and tell me things that went right or went wrong and paths that they chose to take and decided not to take. And then being a part of Youth Court, I feel like that's my time 
to really tell somebody that even though you messed up, it's okay. Because I feel like there's this thing called restorative justice where it's not all about punishment. It's about making the person acknowledge that what you did was wrong and you don't get a pass for that. But that doesn't set forth this whole path to a downward spiral. It doesn't mean that you're gonna end up in jail. It doesn't mean that you'll end up in this place. It means that you take responsibility for what you did and you fix it. And then you get praise and you get help and along the way you're a good person. You started out as a good person who made a wrong decision but now you're a good person who repaid their community and made up for it. And you can take pride in that and understand that you're not just a bad person. You're not just a kid who came to youth court. You're not just a kid who got suspended. You're a kid who owned up to what you did and you're a kid who can function just like everybody else who just made a wrong decision in the heat of the moment. And it's okay. Like that's something that I wish people reiterated over and over. It's okay. It's you're fine. You'll be okay. All right, we are almost out of time. I have one last audience question. You're the chosen one. Thanks. <laughs> so I was going to thank you all for your time, too. I really appreciate being able to listen to you. And um, I heard you say a couple of different things. A number of you say a couple of different things that stood out for me around not being able to communicate with adults or feel heard by them um, and about the importance of peer-to-peer -peer communication, being able to talk to other people that have similar circumstances to your own. And I'm wondering, besides here, where you have a captive audience, where you feel heard and why you feel heard. And I think that would be a great way to, to end our discussion. So if everybody, we can start with, with GoGo and then. Um, it is a very deeply question, to be honest, and I'm speaking in through personal lives. Um, and you know what, it matters to speak out and it will help other youth as well um, and upcoming um, generations. Um, where do I feel hurt? Starting from my environment, um, where I grew up from, um, communication between um, children and parents, communication between you and friends, teachers, coworkers, whoever. Um, um, sometimes uh, attentions of you know parents and probably sisters and brothers, you know, family, whole family. And if if we could all have that, you know, I and you know I'm I'm saying this out with my heart. If we could all have that, just pay attention, please. And at least once, just let them let let your child talk and you hear and then you will make the final decision where we all agree about then you know I, I believe everything will be all right um i believe i feel the most heard through writing because it's all i've ever really been good at and when i write i can be as eloquent as i want to be and as moody and poetic and flowery and angry and strong as I want to be when I write. And I don't, I feel like I have, I things show on my face, but I don't talk about it a lot. And writing is how, writing is a catharsis for me. It's a purging of emotion. It's 
how I express gratitude. Like I love writing people little notes and leaving them for them because I don't like that face-to-face -face reaction where somebody reads something. I like for people to take notes and kind of smile to themselves when they read it. And so words hold so much emotion for me and they're so important. And if I could write how I felt and give that to the people that I care about so that they know where I'm at, I would. But I know that I have words and I need to learn how to use them in person better. But words are my weapon, words are my strength, words are my shield, words are everything to me. Words are my life. It's, it's where I thrive as a person. Um, so the place that I feel most heard is um, my well, former teachers, but I still consider them as friends and my parents. I feel very fortunate that I've had um, a lot of mentors that um, have helped me, you know, through school or through life. Um, so that um, I think we we all kind of talked a little bit about having somebody to talk to. So I guess if um, if you if people would just find that one person to talk to. Um, I think that's really important, um, you know, obviously to be heard. Mm -hmm. um, I feel the most heard when I'm able to represent my, my family, my friends, and also my people well through competition, um, that like martial arts or even such as uh, science competitions as well, but also essentially in also giving back to being able to encourage others, like also myself and my friends, we encourage like each other to do well in what we're doing whether it be um, arts and also uh, movies and cinematics and also sciences as well. But um, also being in places such as uh, the programs at my school, Service High School, the Biomedical Career Academy, um, there is like our own community where uh, the students help each other and also encourage each other to do well in their biological science uh, classes and also being able to take that on to do like mentorships and help out in, like, in the community as well. And also there too, and there's um, a new program, the peer mentorship program that, that is also implemented at uh, Diamond and South High School, where um, upperclassmen, seniors and juniors are able to uh, um, help welcome different freshmen and also new students in and really make it a better community. So definitely sharing, giving back, um, and making sure that people know that they too can achieve great things is something that is I appreciate doing. I gotta say, what I like to be heard is film, because film is truth, you know, like, I know just from the arts perspective, it doesn't matter what your skin color is, I don't care if you're blue, red, black, white, rainbow color, if you're gonna, like, if a film is good, it's good. A film can expose injustice that goes back generations. Me and Mike, uh, actually, we uh, created a film documentary about the rise of Seminoles, about the Seminole Indians in uh, Florida, and how they were brutally murdered, and and what happened to them, their experiences. And when we brought it down, we entered a competition here in Anchorage for Estreti, and we ended up winning first place. And then we ended at state level, we won second place, and we ended up going to DC together for the film. Even down there, we talked about the, the Floridians, you know, the Seminoles, and they didn't know what we were talking about. They have never heard about the store before, and they have been asking us, why is this a movie yet? And I just really believe that film is truth. And sometimes without film, you may never know about something that's important or something that might affect you you don't even know about. You know, our film, Rise of Seminoles, a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of African Americans may have Seminole blood because when uh, 
slaves escaped from southern states and went to Florida, and they started living with Seminole Indians, and they mixed blood, and they had kids together, and now they're spread all over the country, and people don't know that, and that's why films are so important, because they help people know things. Um, yes, yeah, so for me, prior to being in um, a resident at Covenant House, I was most heard in like our, um, I, was, I was most heard in church, like at church. Like growing up as a child, I was like a straight A student. I am adopted as well. I didn't know that until like I was in like eighth grade. Um, but I, I was like a straight A, a straight A student. I was like my. I, um, I was always looked up to, like especially like for the younger generation in church. That that's how it was. Like they would always like, hey, um, what what are you doing? Or they like they just loved praising me, and I did, I wasn't like it wasn't intentional like for me. I just did what I knew my parents and my family would you know would want me to do. And um, like growing up um, prior to Covenant House, that's. That, that's what that's when I was most heard but after Covenant House I think for me personally it was through um, just speaking in general like whatever events that we have at Covenant House and as well as empowering the youth like I know a lot of them are going through a lot like they have different <coughs> stories just making sure to let them know that you have somewhere to um, like you have someone or you at least have somewhere to go or there are resources that you can um, go to and it's okay to say I need help you know um, that's that's another thing too with like our new gener like our generation now it's like everybody has like a really high standard of like oh, I'm good I'm, I'm all this I'm all that like sometimes it's okay to say I need help and I, I want to or at least I want to help or one or the other but I'm most heard when we have like those um, when we have the events at Covenant Houses, me personally, and as well as on social media, because I'm always like going live here and there, or posting like really positive things for not only for me but for whoever that's following me on like Facebook or something like that. So just being a positive influence, not only for the youth but as well as for adults and everyone else. So yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. I think we are out of time. I wanted to, of course, thank all of you for being here and for joining our discussion. And of course, our panelists, uh, Gogo, Janae, Jasmine, Michael, Mike, and Dash. I hope you all have a wonderful evening. Thank you for right. coming. Thank you, guys. <laughs> that was Community in Unity, Being Young in Alaska panel conversation moderated by Rainier Herskig on December 6, 2017 at the Alaska Experience Theater in downtown Anchorage. The program was produced by Eric Bork and myself, Ann Hillman, and was recorded in partnership with Out North Radio and the Anchorage Downtown Partnership. Special thanks to Youth Vote, Alaska Teen Media Institute, Matsu Youth Court, the Covenant House, and Anchorage Youth Development Coalition for identifying panelists. Community and Unity is part of Alaska Public Media's Solutions Desk. Learn more at alaskapublic.org slash solutions. Thanks for listening.